Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I am Jillian, and I have a little bit of a different episode for you today. So I have a live recorded, well, it was recorded live, and then now I'm posting it to you, so you're not listening to it live, but it was recorded live, a live recording of a coaching call that I did with one of my group coaching participants. It just so happened that Brianna was the only one that was able to make it to our group coaching call this week. We had an incredible conversation that started out with some questions around uh, mindful and intuitive eating. We talk about some of the differences between the two. We talk a little bit about um, sugar and our inclination towards eating sugar. We talk a little bit about sugar addiction. And we work through an exercise together to really start identifying the truth behind some of the beliefs that we have about ourselves and our eating habits. I think you're going to get a lot of value out of listening to this call. I will let you know ahead of time, there are some moments within the recording that there's some quiet moments. So you'll hear some bits of silence. And that is simply moments in which Brianna is thinking. You can do the same as you're listening through this, but it's not, there's nothing wrong with the recording. I just wanted to leave that in there because it is a true part of what this coaching call sounded like. And I wanted you to get that feel. Um, that said, listen up. Once the call is over, I'm going to share just a little bit about um, group coaching. And if you are interested in what that might look like, I'll share a little bit about how you can chat with me about that or join the waitlist for my upcoming cohort of The Confident Eater. And without further, further, excuse me, without further ado, please enjoy this coaching call with Brianna. Oh, and before we hop in, I will let you know, yes, obviously, um, Brianna consented to this recording. I would never post um, anything that my clients have shared with me without asking their consent first. So just to let you know. She knew about this. She consented to it. And with that, please enjoy this episode. That's awesome. Cause you get to take Finally. it as like, yeah, you get to take it as like a one-on-one -on -one coaching session, which is awesome. Yes. Um, it is. So I wanted to just start out. I actually wanted to open it up for some questions before we get started. Cause I do have a little bit of an exercise to work through, mm -hmm. but I wanted to, to have like at least, you know, 15 minutes of like drop whatever questions you've got on me. Okay. Um, I'm sure more questions will come as the call progresses. I think the one that I know that I had was like trying to understand um, how two of the principles can kind of coexist. Like, um, so there's one principle that's like permission to eat whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other, so that's like the overall general principle. Mm -hmm. And then the other one was kind of like knowing that if I have a craving for something, it it's going to be uncomfortable. And I might have to like, you know, use some of the practices to get through that. Mm -hmm. So then I was kind of just like over the past few weeks, I was kind of trying to think of those two things because I know that they can coexist together, but I'm, yeah, I would love to hear like more about that. I think um okay so so if I understand your question it's like how do I balance out this concept of like I of I have unconditional permission to eat and also like I don't want to always just be giving into every impulse I have yeah because I think when I initially like heard the concept of like intuitive eating like a few years yeah. back I was like okay here we go like I can eat whatever you know like yeah I tried it and, it and I didn't get the part of like I didn't go deep enough to understand the mindful part of it which yeah. I think is probably a pretty big component. So yeah, it's like the idea of how do I 
how do I um, expect more out of myself with also at the same time allowing that permission to without having like solid restrictions and rules. Yeah. Like how do I put how do I place constraints around like, hey, I'm not gonna eat like a toddler, but yeah, right. also know <laughs> that I am an adult that can make my own conscious decisions about what I eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting. So mindful eating and intuitive eating are like a Venn diagram. Like they do share a lot of, um, a lot of components, but one main difference that intuitive eating and mindful eating have is that intuitive eating is within the definition of intuitive eating itself. It is not a tool to be used for any type of weight loss or like intentional, um, body composition changes. And the reason intuitive I meant- eating? Yeah. And so the reason I mention that is because often what will happen is we'll be like, well, I'm practicing intuitive eating, but we're still trying to put some constraints around what we eat, Mm -hmm. which can be really frustrating because you're like, well, I'm doing this thing where I'm supposed to be listening to my body, but sometimes my body tells me to eat sugar, but that isn't going to get me towards like, you know, my health goals. So I'm confused. Whereas mindful eating can be, mindful eating is being present to the fact that sometimes we are going to have urges. We can, again, like unconditional permission to eat still exists in mindful eating, but we can be present to the fact that like, I have a desire to eat something and I'm going to choose to not do it because I have X, Y, and Z goal. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? And so that's not that way as much in intuitive eating, like they're kind of different. Okay. Yeah. And so this is where it's like, but also, and this is where like, we don't need, I think as human, and no, I don't think I know as humans, the way that our brains work is we like to categorize things. Yeah. And so we like to know what am I doing? Like, am I (laughs) vegan? Am I not vegan? Am I an intuitive eater? Am I not, am I not an intuitive intuitive Mm -hmm. eater? And so this is where, this is why I tend to use mindful eating because mindful eating encompasses so much, even though some of the principles of intuitive eating are included in mindful eating. And so this is where one of the really awesome principles that aligns really well with what you've learned here is in intuitive eating. One of the other principles is called practicing gentle nutrition. And what that means is that, yes, you can, so you hold two things to be true. Yes, I can theoretically, or no, not theoretically, I can actually eat whatever I want, whenever I want. Mm -hmm. And also there are general nutrition and health guidelines that I want to pay attention to. Yeah. And so part of that is also understanding, like, if we look at the big picture, what is going to serve my body? Like I may wake up in the morning and be like, all I want to do is eat donuts today, but how is that going to make me feel? Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is where I think understanding that, okay, I can be mindful and present of the fact that I have a craving. And then I get to understand like, well, one, what is like, what is actual my like conscious self want to do about this? Right. Okay. Yep. And from there you get to make a decision instead of being almost being for feeling like you're forced to do something. Does that make yeah, sense? Or feel, yeah. Feeling. Yeah. Yep. I totally get that. And I think like I started just doing like being more slightly more mindful about things like donuts, for example, mm-hmm. like that was something I used to just, I wouldn't get one like every day or anything, but I would definitely like go on the weekends a lot and get donuts. And mm-hmm. I started realizing like, this is making me feel really tired afterwards and a little like sick 
And then I just kind of stopped eating them and I don't really miss them. Like I have one like occasionally, but it's like, no, don't, that's not worth it. Yeah. And so, so this, that's a really, yeah. like, that is a really self-aware decision to make, right? Because it's not, because when we look at like, when we look at where the intention of that decision comes from, it makes all the difference, right? Because if you were yeah. to say, I can't eat donuts because sugar is bad for me, the yeah. craving would change. But you're saying I'm choosing to not eat donuts all the time because I don't actually like the way that I feel when I eat them. Mm -hmm. That's a completely different decision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just letting that soak in. Yeah. 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 Let that, let that one marinate. Cause I think it is like, and I know we've talked kind of about this before of like the, the holding two things to be true of like, Mm -hmm. I can decide what to eat, when to eat, how to eat anytime I want. And that's Mm -hmm. where we get to go back to our values and our goals and use those as a filter. Right. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh no. I was just, I'm sure you had something, uh, more informative than what I was going to say. No, no, no. I'd I'd love to hear kind of your interpretation of it. And and so that we can could like work through it. Cause I I think this is an amazing question. Like, this is such a good question. So I want to make sure that like you really grasp it. Cause I think this is a question that other people are going to have too. I think I was, as the wheels are turning, as you're talking, I think I was thinking like, okay, so when maybe there's a part of me that when the donut thing situation happened, maybe if I would have been like, like you said, like, nope, off limits, I can't do this anymore. Like, it's almost like, it's not me saying it. It's like the, the person who wants like, or the part of me that like wants control and wants to just like, not have to think about it and not have to have the temptation. Whereas what you're saying is like the, there's a, maybe a different part of me or maybe like the core of who I am. That's maybe it takes a little more work mm. to make that decision and, um, you know, make that choice multiple times, but it's like more aligned with my values versus just like, eh, nope, not going to have that ever. Like it's, I don't know. It feels like there's more depth to that or something. Yeah. So you make, a, you make a really good point. Cause yes, it, this is at the beginning, like any new behavior, any new habit at the beginning, it is going to take a lot more effort, mm-hmm. but then you get to a point where you're like, Oh, this actually doesn't take that much, this much effort because I've gotten used to making decisions like this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so before what it might've been like, okay, well, I just am, you know, cutting off donuts, 100%, not having any sugar, no donuts. And the, the mental energy used is like gets greater and greater because you're resisting that urge, resisting that urge, resisting that urge. And now you're using mental energy to say, okay, right now you're like, I'm going to use mental energy to say like, oh, well, you know, does this align with my values and goals at the moment? And, and this is where the, this, the answer might change. Like you, and let, I'll give you a scenario. Sure. Um, yeah. This is actually something that a client of mine, um, what we were talking about, she wrote in her check-in this week, one of my one-on-one clients. And Mm -hmm. she was like, you know what, a friend of mine, I was with a friend of mine and she was like, oh my gosh, let's go get ice cream. And, and my client was like, in my head, I was thinking, I'm not hungry. I don't want ice cream. But then I ran it through the filter of the fact that like, I value spontaneity and connection. And that was an opportunity for me to be spontaneous and connect with my friend. So even though I wasn't necessarily hungry, I got ice cream anyways, because in that moment, it really did align with my goals. Oh yeah. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, and it was, it's cool. There's like a double layer to that. Like, it's cool that she was able to like 
be mindful enough to realize like I don't even really want it mm-hmm. but then it, I don't know maybe it feels like even safer to like make the choice of like it's okay like she's it's like she's already done the work even yeah I mean I That's think what cool. it is I think what it comes down to is like it was pure choice yeah and I think that that is where we start to see a lot more like the feeling feeling of being empowered the feeling of feeling um like more free and and essentially confident, like what you're here for to be a confident eater. It's like that self-confidence comes from knowing I know what's important to me and I'm making this decision rather than Mm. food is in the driver's seat and food is making this decision for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. So did that answer your question or do you feel, or is there like, do you have any follow-up? I think think so. Yeah. I think it's, um, Yeah. I don't think it's like, you know, as black or white as, as it may, might seem when you think of the two things, like, I know that they can be yeah. integrated and it does help to hear like that there is a difference between the mindful eating and the intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. So that helps too. Cause sometimes I'm like, I've seen the intuitive eating stuff and I'm just like, I don't know if I can get on, like, I just, it didn't really like, like, I, I liked the idea of it, but it, I didn't know that it would like really work for me. Mm-hmm. or something. So I think bringing in the mindful principles it, yeah, helps me a lot to understand. So, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of what we do sort of like within the coaching that I offer, whether it's group or one-on-one is, is a meld of those two, right? It's like a meld yeah. of like, you know, unconditional permission to eat and rejecting the diet mentality is really important within intuitive eating where it's like the diet mentality is like restriction or not restriction. And so it's like rejecting those binaries. Whereas within mindful eating is like someone that, that chooses to be a mindful eater can also choose to intentionally pursue fat loss. Like that's right. totally fine. And, yeah. and I think the reason that that I feel like is really important is because choice is such a key component of feeling like something is sustainable in the long run is having that choice to be mm-hmm. like, if I choose to pursue a body change, I can do that. If I choose yeah. not to pursue a body change, I can also choose to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I love that question. Cool. I think that was awesome. Um, I wanted to also, because we talked a lot about mindset kind of in the, in this module, I wanted to ask if you have any questions specifically on either the fixed or growth mindset or all or nothing or anything that came up as you were watching those videos or working through those exercises. Um, I don't think so. I'm looking at my notes. Um, I thought the, yeah, the range of what's possible exercise was really good. It was really helpful. And I think in the IBC exercise, my main, I think I put this on Slack too, but just, Mm -hmm. um, I felt like there were kind of two different ways to go about it. Like one could be like identifying, like what my reaction would be to the situation. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I feel so guilty that I did that. And then the way I was kind of seeing it was like identifying what happened and how I could have done it differently or something. So yeah, but I think, I think it made sense. Yeah. So, and when you, when you put your answers on Slack, I loved, it. I don't know if you saw my response, but it is yeah. spot on. And so I okay. think the really getting, and part of that is like the IBC is like noticing, okay, I'm going to identify like what the actual situation was. And the reason why we want to look at the situation and rather than my emotions from the situation is because your emotions from the situation are your, like, um, is how you've already interpreted everything. And we're mm-hmm. trying to create a new interpretation. And mm-hmm. so we want to look at like identifying, well, what are the facts? Like what actually happened? Mm-hmm. 
And when we can identify what actually happened, then we can see that, oh, if I can identify what actually happened, I get to brainstorm all of these different interpretations, right? Right. Instead mm-hmm. of being stuck in this, like, I feel guilty. I shouldn't have done this. This happened because of this thing. You're like, now I have all of these different options. Right. Which yeah. is so helpful, especially like for when we're thinking in really like black and white binary terms is mm-hmm. like, well, it's either this or it's this. And it's like, well, no, it could be all of these things. Yeah. There's multiple options. Yeah. yeah. And so this is a way to, 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 to sort of open up to this concept of like, there are multiple ways to see a situation and we are conditioned, like we're conditioned to see things in a certain way based on our experiences, our upbringing, our belief systems, like so many different things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so now having that skill, you're able to see like, oh, okay. Like there are constructive ways that I can approach this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's even been like, I've noticed that in the moment, like as I'm starting to pause and think before I make decisions, I feel like I'm being more in the middle, which is really exciting, like to Mm -hmm. feel that shift. Like, for example, I went on a little like three day weekend trip with my sister and my mom, like the over the past few days. And usually I have like a rule, which is, it actually kind of helps, but I have like a little thing, a little restriction where I can have like a Starbucks chai on Fridays. Mm-hmm. It's like my little treat, which is, it kind of helps because I was drinking them a ton and then it's getting really expensive. Um, but my other thing is like, if I'm on vacation, I can just have them and it's fine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, there might be stuff to unpack there, but basically this weekend I was like, normally I would just be like, oh, I can have, I can have them. This is my time to have Starbucks. Like I got to have one every day and whatever. But this weekend I was just like, you know what? I do not, it's fine. I don't like, I don't need one like this morning just because I can have it. And like, Mm. so I don't know. It just felt like slight progress of like that mindset of like feeling like I had to have it because this is my three days where I can have it until, I don't know. I just felt, felt a little more in control, which felt really good. Yeah. It sounds like what you're describing to me is like, you were able to make a decision and you were able to understand Mm -hmm. like, am I doing this out of habit or am I doing this because I truly want to? Yeah. And that might show up. Like maybe you decide on a Wednesday, you're like, I really feel like a Starbucks chai today. Yeah. And then maybe you get to Friday and you're like, oh, I don't actually want one today. I and would so, love that. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of this stuff is, is habit-based too. And so actually I just recorded the habit module today. And so oh, it's, nice. I'm going to put it out tomorrow and I think you're going to love it. I'm sure um, I will. <laughs> and, and so a lot of it is understanding that like, a, that when we set these restrictions, especially ones that have been around for a long time, they turn into habits in many ways, right? Yeah. Because it almost turns into like the trigger is I'm going on vacation. And so all of a sudden you're like, well, since I'm on vacation, that triggers the like habit of that vacation mindset. For and sure. you have those different sets of rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and so continuing to practice, I think the, all the, yeah, the, the range of what's possible exercise is probably super, super helpful. And mm-hmm. I have, I have a client who she's fantastic. She goes, oh my gosh, I love this exercise. I did it for every area of my life. I was like, okay, <laughs> and she shows, she like holds, she did it on pieces of paper. She's like, look, I have this one and I have this one. It was great. Um, but it, it was really helpful for her because she came into coaching with me with this idea of like, I either do this or I do nothing. I was like, okay, cool. Let's see what, what, what is within that. Yeah. Um, 
So that's awesome. I wanted to, I wanted to specifically ask, cause I touched on the fixed and growth mindset in the mindset module. If you had yeah. any questions about fixed or growth mindset, and then we can go into the exercise that I have for today. Um, I don't think I did. I think it all, I think it all made sense. Yeah. Perfect. Amazing. Um, it might, questions might come up later, but yeah, it, it yeah. all sounded if good. They, if they come up either like jot them down and then at the end, I'll leave a couple minutes so that we can chat about them or you can always drop okay. it in Slack as well. Um, okay. but I wanted to, I wanted to work through some recurring thoughts and do a little recurring thoughts brainstorm. And okay. the reason, the reason why, uh, I chose this exercise for today is partly because it's so the metacognition that I mentioned in mm -hmm. the in the mindset video and working mm -hmm. on like distancing ourselves from our thoughts is mm -hmm. a really helpful exercise to practice, especially when we look at like how our beliefs around food and our beliefs around our body play into um, like how we go about our day-to-day, -day, right? Mm -hmm. And so part of this is, is starting to recognize that like our thoughts are just information. They're not facts, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And so with that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you like 30 seconds to a minute. And I just want you, I'm going to ask you to write down thoughts that you notice that come up in regards to either food or your body. Right. And these are things that you tell, like, I'll give you an example. Um, okay. uh, I'm addicted to sugar. Uh, I can't resist blah, blah, blah. Uh, I have no willpower. Um, uh -huh. uh, my thighs are too big like all of these thoughts that come up throughout the day and they're like our mental chatter. Mm -hmm. Let's just brainstorm some of them, write them down. And then we're going to walk our, walk ourselves through, uh, an activity that's going to separate you a little bit from those thoughts and start to question the validity of some of those thoughts. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Get going. Okay. All right. So do you want to share? Let's just start with one. Okay. Well, let's see. The first one I put was one that I use, you said, but I like, it was my initial thought yesterday when I was doing the exercise, which is I am addicted to sugar. That is okay. one that I feel and think a lot. All right, cool. And so if we look at that phrase, I am addicted to sugar, we're going to do two things. They're not, they're, they're like, there's like, they're connected, but they're not the same. One of them is to defuse ourselves from this thought, because mm -hmm. what this thought is telling you is like, I'm a person that is addicted to sugar. I like, if I'm addicted, I don't have control over it. Like this is, this means that this is how I'm going to interact with sugar. Right. Yeah. And so 
I want you to write down, I am having the thought that I am addicted to sugar. Mm -hmm. How does that feel when you, when you read that? Um, distanced from the thought for sure. Okay. Yeah. And then we're going to take it one step farther. And I want you to write, I am noticing that I am having the thought that I am addicted to sugar. All right. How do you feel about it now? Um, definitely more aware. Like, I feel like the, I am noticing that adding that definitely distances it more. Okay. So, and so yeah, now, I like that exercise. Okay. And so now if you're noticing that you're having the thought that you're addicted to sugar, mm -hmm. we can kind of, I like to think of this sometimes as like taking the thought out of your head and like holding it in your hand. Mm -hmm. You can kind of look at it, like, you know, see it in different ways. And mm -hmm. now we can kind of think about, okay, cool. So if you're noticing this, let's start picking it apart, right? Mm -hmm. Is this a true statement? Um, technically, probably not. Okay. I don't know, physically. All right. So, you, so you're like, well, maybe, maybe not. What would you say? So if you were to, to like rate from, you know, in percentages, like what percent of you says like, no, this is probably false. And what part of you says like, no, I think this is true. Um, maybe like 50, 50. Okay. I don't know. It's, it's like the different podcasts from both sides come into yeah. my mind. Of like, I don't know, scientifically, like, um, so yeah, I guess, I guess there's part of me that thinks, that there's a physical desire, mm -hmm. but there's a part of me that says it's not out of your control. You're okay. not addict, like, you know, so yeah. Okay. So let's go through this and let's start looking at evidence for and evidence against the claim, the claim mm -hmm. that I am addicted to sugar, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, so let's actually, I'm, I'm going to have you write this down. Cause I want you to also to be able to, to kind of go back to this. So let's, let's do evidence for, what is some evidence for this, the belief of I am, or the thought of I'm addicted to sugar. Okay. Am I writing this down or just saying it? Say it and write it down. Okay. Yeah. Um, like evidence for would be that I feel like it affects my daily life to a degree okay. that I don't like, like it okay. feels like it takes me away from daily activities. Um, and there's a strong emotional connection, um, to where I feel like sometimes I'm not happy unless I have it. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other one is that I feel like, I feel like it's like a microcosm of like an, a, a stronger, like addiction, obviously, like, it's not like, it's like, actual drugs or anything but it, it I feel like um I've become tolerant to it like now like well, if I have like um pop for like if I'm drinking it very consistently 
I noticed that it's not really making, it's not really even enjoyable. It's just uh, keeping things okay. Okay. So what, what does that mean? Like keeping things okay? Um, like, like um, it's just satisfying the craving and it's not, okay. it's like, it's like kind of a tolerance type thing. Like it's not even. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So it sounds like there, there's some things that you're noticing. You're like, okay, this kind of makes me feel like this would support this belief that I'm addicted to sugar. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's look at the evidence against, and then we're going to compare it. Okay. So what's some evidence Um, against that? I never think about the evidence against. Okay. So I would say, um, I don't need it to like function. Okay. That's pretty good evidence. (laughs) I mean, like I can like, I'm, it doesn't take, it doesn't take, take like a, you know, rehab or therapy, major therapy. This is kind of a therapy I feel like to kind of work through it, but it doesn't take an intervention, I guess. Okay. Get through it. Um, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Yeah. I mean, let's see. So if, if you, if I were to say to you, I'm addicted to sugar, how would you, like, what would you expect me to say? Or what would you try to tell me to prove me wrong? Um, like, what would be reasons that like, I would be totally wrong about saying that? Um, I would probably say like, you know, how, like, like you can't possibly be probably eating that much to be act to actually have like an addiction to it. Mm. And it's not, I think I'm struggling because like, I've read so much, much research about how you can be really dependent on. Oh, okay. So I'm like, I'm having like, Yeah. So this is actually really important because there is, there's a lot to be said for like our expectation of like, and I'll give you an example. If someone believes that they have a gluten intolerance, they can eat bread and have GI issues. And like those GI issues aren't fake. It's not like they're making up the fact that they're bloated. Like those can be real, that can be real issues with their digestion even if they don't actually have a gluten sensitivity, simply because we have the belief of, oh my gosh, I have a gluten sensitivity. So this is what is supposed to happen. Right. And so this is where like consumption of information, it's, it's, um, it's a delicate balance, right? Mm -hmm. Because the fact of the matter, like we look at the science, like, yes, our body really likes sugar. Why does it like sugar? Sugar is our easiest form of energy. Like Mm -hmm. any carbohydrate that you eat, your body's going to break it down into glucose. Mm -hmm. Sugar is, it's really easy for the body to break into glucose. Mm -hmm. And so to an extent, yeah, our body freaking loves sugar. Mm -hmm. And also it's probably not an addiction level. Like you mentioned, you're like, well, I don't have withdrawal symptoms. Like I can get through my day and it's not like, I'm not fiending for it. Mm-hmm. And so this is, this is where it's like, cause we're not trying to prove to you. We're not trying to prove the thought right now that like, like you clearly really like sugar and it's probably a, ha- there's probably a lot of habits around sugar that you're, that you would like to change. Mm-hmm. 
we're just, mm-hmm. we're just disputing, like, are you, are you addicted? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that's a pretty strong, cause like the, the reason why I like that you chose this thought is that an addiction takes away the power of choice. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you gave me one piece of evidence that you're like, well, I don't like, I don't have, like, it doesn't affect my day that much if I don't have it. Like it, I'm not, not like a junkie, you know, you're probably not selling your TV to get sugar. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so when we look at that, we've got like a couple of pieces of, of evidence that are like, okay, cool. Like this kind of feels like it might be an addiction. We've got a, a, a strong piece of evidence that says, okay, it's probably not. Mm-hmm. Is there, and, and then we'll move on in a second, but is there anything else that you can think of that you're like, okay, this actually might be evidence to prove that I'm not addicted to sugar? Um, probably just that I have the choice. Like it's not as physical. I think it's more mental. Mm. And I, I think, I think there's probably different levels, which is what's making the question hard. Like, I think that, I think that addiction is a very strong word, whereas there might be things that are addictive, mm-hmm. you know, and that can build like a dependency or something or like an emotional dependence. Um, but yeah, I think that I don't want to like, I think I agree completely that it's like the thought needs to be broken up because it's, or disproved or, or something because it's like a very powerless feeling yeah. to feel like I'm, I'm addicted to this. There's, you know, that's just how I am. Like that's, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to think that about myself. So yeah. And I, I get what you're saying for sure. And a piece of evidence even to, to potentially refute that statement is just the fact that like, I don't want to choose to be addicted to sugar. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in my head, I've decided like, I don't choose that. Mm-hmm. And so that in itself can be a piece of evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And so when, when we look at those pieces of evidence for and evidence against, I want to give you a second to kind of like look at them and weigh them out in your mind. And mm-hmm. you, you were like, well, I'm 50-50 on this right now. Mm-hmm. And so looking at those, that evidence and kind of based on the conversation that we just have, just had, does the percentage of like, I am addicted to sugar versus like, oh no, maybe actually this isn't true. Like, does that change at all? I think so. Yeah. Um, I think that there's still a part of me that feels like it could be categorized as like in that area of like addictive Mm -hmm. behavior for sure. Yeah. But I agree that I have a lot more control over it than what an addiction would look like. Yeah. Which probably feels pretty empowering. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is, I mean, we, we picked a tough one. We picked a tough one, but yeah. we, I think we, I think you picked a, a really relevant one. I think this is one that a lot of people can relate to. And I don't think it helps that there is so much like rhetoric demonizing sugar and mm-hmm. sort of, and, and this is where, you know, from my standpoint as a professional in the nutrition space for me is like, I hold the, the fact that like, yeah, overconsumption of sugar is problematic. Yeah. However, 
when we demonize something for many, many people, putting restrictions around something is enough to make them want to binge on it or rebel against that rule. Yeah. And so this is where we kind of go back to what we were talking about at the beginning, where it's like, well, when you have full choice over it, you can make your decisions and be like, you know what? I enjoy the taste of sugar. It's something that like I choose to partake in sometimes. And I also know that a certain, like a certain level of consumption doesn't make me feel that great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is an exercise and I'm going to just kind of like lay it out for you so that you can redo it at any point if you, if you want, at any yeah. point in time that you want. I like mm-hmm. doing the diffusion part before the part of like, I am having the thought that, or I'm noticing I'm having the thought that. So I think that that gives us the opportunity to then like observe rather yeah. than feel like, oh my gosh, this is a thing that is in me and about me. And now I need to like judge evidence on it. Like that's really personal. Yeah. And so once you kind of have that thought and you're, you're able to like, I'm noticing I'm having the thought that. And then we get to look for, well, what's the evidence for and evidence against and, and understand like, before we start, what percentage do I believe this is true? What percentage do I believe this is false? Yeah. And then how does that change when I look critically? And when I say critically, I don't mean judgmentally. I just mean like with a, with a critical eye with, you know, with a detailed eye at what the, what the evidence that I have for this is. Cause like you said, you're like, I've never thought about the evidence against this before. Yeah. 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 That was when I said that I was like, this is probably good that I'm thinking yeah. against. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that helpful. was, that was what I have for you today. Any, well, any last minute questions that have come up kind of through this conversation? Um, I don't think so. I think this has been really good. Yeah. I think this is something that I can apply to a lot of the stuff. I feel like that you've taught is, is very applicable to a lot of different areas, which is really exciting because I love to like learn and grow and I don't know. Yeah. It's that makes me so happy. That was my, that is my intention. And so hearing that feedback is, is really, really helpful. Um, because I think that a lot of the time we sort of separate like our eating habits and our nutrition and and the way that we think about food, we separate it from life and, and, and eating is, is an integral part of life. Like the way that we eat is built into the fabric of so much of what we do and building confidence in this sphere can help build confidence in other areas. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I've loved it all. It's been really good. Well, Brianna, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it was helpful for you. I hope you got something valuable out of this. If you would like to learn more about group coaching or one-on-one coaching, I have a couple of links in my bio. One is to set up a call with me. The other one is to join the waitlist for the upcoming September cohort uh, or future cohorts, depending on when you're listening to this, of the Confident Eater Group Coaching Program. And if you are someone that feels like you're very on and off in your eating habits, you feel like there are certain things that are holding you back from having the relationship with food that you want, and you'd really like to find a way to be more moderate instead of being so on and off in your eating habits, trying to do a ton at once and then feeling like it's too much to handle and so you give up. This is the program that is going to help you feel in charge, confident, and collected when it comes to your eating habits. So any questions you have about this or if you sign up for the wait list, you are going to receive a few emails that will give you details about the program, what you can expect from the program, what you'll feel like, what you'll achieve, and can be a really amazing way to sort of get yourself in the right mindset 
to start changing some of these habits that we've been carrying around with us for such a long time. Also, if you have not done so yet, please go ahead and leave me a rating and or a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That is so helpful for people to be able to find the podcast. And those of you that have been sharing these episodes with people in your life, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It means so much. And with that, friends, thank you so much for being here, and I will see you again on the next episode.